Arise and shine, for your light has come. The radiant glory of the Lord is rising upon you. You may be seated. Today we celebrate the Festival of Light. And as surely as E equals MC squared, all light depends on light. Because of light, we live and move and have our being. That is true of all the light we can see and all the light we cannot see. Light enters our atmosphere and powers the engines of photosynthesis, which provide the fuel which no, with, with, without which no living thing wakes up in the morning. Light also gives us beauty and colors in all shades and variations. And so, both the first words of Genesis and the first words of John's Gospel celebrate the beginning of all things as an explosion of light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Today we celebrate the festival of light. But it is not so much the created light that interacts with matter and produces time that we are celebrating today. It is the light beyond the sensitivity of all our instruments and senses, yet capable of making our hearts sing every morning. It is the light that precedes precedes and outlives time, Our concern this morning is the light shining in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. The the festival of light is called Epiphany. Because in this light, all truth is revealed. Beyond the darkness that covers this world, we have seen a great light that reveals the King of Kings as he really is. Tiny, vulnerable, humble, and lying in a manger. And so it was that three kings representing all other human powers and authorities have the wisdom to honor the boy Jesus with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now the dark cities we live in have no need of the sun or moon to shine on them, for the glory of God is their light, and their lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. They need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. Today we celebrate the festival of light in which we thank God for his revelation of beginnings, the beginning of the universe, our own birth, the birth of Jesus and the beginning of his ministry, not only to his own people, but 
but the, to the opening of the kingdom of heaven to the Gentile nations. This beginning was marked by his baptism. And the movement of our celebration then is from the visible to the invisible, from the seen to the unseen, from the temporal to the eternal, from the light of the sun and the stars to the light of the knowledge of God. It is true that all creation is imbued with the scent of the Creator and shines with the touch of the infinite, yet we are slow to grasp it. Unless Jesus touches us, we are as blind as Bartimaeus. We need an epiphany. You will do well to pay attention to the word as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, writes Peter. For the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to suspend disbelief and to enter with me into the kingdom of the unseen. You English majors will be, able, will be well aware of the term suspension of disbelief. It was first used by Samuel Taylor Coleridge in the 18th century, and he used it to describe what we do when we see a play or a movie or read a novel for our own benefit, we purposely decide not to disbelieve the story. And so we approach this portion of the good news, the most beautiful story. As we do so, please let us suspend our disbelief and enter into it body, soul, and spirit. In this case, our suspension of disbelief will entail a radical suspension. This does not mean that we will leave reality behind. On the contrary, we move away from the world of human constructs which we think are real and into the reality of a world made and sustained by love itself. Today is this festival of light in which we celebrate Jesus as the light. And as he begins his earthly ministry of dispensing light, John the Baptist has been announcing the nameless, the nearness of the kingdom of light. And he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus, who was standing in the crowd listening, stepped forward to be baptized by John. John objected, but Jesus insisted on leading the way for all who would follow him. Coming up out of the water, Jesus saw and heard God. The text reads, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. If we do not know if anyone else on this site saw or heard what Jesus saw and heard. However, we do know from the writings of the apostles 
that we were there with Jesus, going under the water, symbolizing our death with Jesus, and coming up out of the water, symbolizing our new life with Jesus. That means that what Jesus saw and heard was for all who have followed Jesus through the ages and for us who are trusting him today. Entering into this reality does require a suspension of disbelief. Our cynicism closes the door to light's kingdom. Jesus said, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become the sons and daughters of light. Jesus taught that the hidden kingdom was so close that our natural eyes couldn't see it, even though it's right here in front of us and even within us. And so to help us see what our natural senses cannot see, he sent the Spirit of God to give light to our minds. The enlight that enlightening includes our imaginations. And so this suspension of disbelief will necessitate that we become as imaginative as little children. Lo and behold, we find that the kingdom which John and Jesus announced is barely hidden behind a curtain thinner than the plastic wrap you stretch across the top of a bowl. The light reveals it, another epiphany every time we turn to the light, for with Christ is the fountain of life, and in his light we see light. Paul explains his own experience and ours in Romans 6. We were buried with him in baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now it's the church universal that carries on the business of baptism but we pause. We struggle thinking, this institution is so broken. Its leaders are so broken. How can I identify as an evangelical, an Anglican, or even as a Christian? Who are these people that these labels refer to? whose actions have a long history of violence and abuse. Where is justice in the church? Where is mercy? Where are the shepherds who care for the wounded and the abused, the vulnerable and the weak and the sick? Jesus speaks woe to the religious leaders who defend the institutions that pay them instead of defending the children who have been put into their care. Woe to those who cause these little ones to stumble. The statistics say that in any given church, 25% of the congregation has experienced sexual abuse. Without question, those with the most authority in the church are the most common abusers.
How could this be, Lord? There should be no dark corners in your church. The enemy has laid waste all your sanctuary. Your adversaries roar in the place of worship. Seeing these things, can we also turn and see Christ working among his people? Knowing my own sinful tendencies, can I turn inward and see Christ in me? Help me, Lord, to suspend my disbelief. I will turn to the promise. Darkness cannot extinguish the light we follow. Can I believe that none of our worst behaviors have the authority to interrupt the flow of light from the face of Christ? Only by grace do I turn again to the light, to this gospel God-man learning to live and to love like him. Beyond all man-made religion, Jesus offers an identity I can live with. The one who makes all things new reminds me, reminds us, you are the light of the world. You are washed. You are sanctified. We can let go of our shame. We can lean into our true God-given baptismal identity, renouncing the devil and all his works and turning to the inner light of Christ is one movement. Since Christ's baptism is our baptism, let's, let's experience it together with him. We go down into the water seeing the temporal, and we come up seeing the eternal. We are walking with Jesus along the Jordan to the site of John's baptism. We see the crowds listening to John. Standing next to Jesus, we both listen to the powerful words of this wild-looking prophet. Then Jesus steps forward asking John to baptize him. We walk into the water with Jesus until the water is up to our chest. John objects, but Jesus insists with the cryptic words that he must fulfill all righteousness. And then we are immersed with Jesus as John puts him under the water and brings him up again. Now with Jesus, we see the Spirit before us in the form of a dove. With Jesus, we hear the voice of the Father speaking directly into our heart. You are the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Finally, we can see, we can feel, we can taste, we can listen with the, with the ears of faith till the wordless Word of God penetrates deep into our bodies until we know God's love in the marrow of our bones. We realize, if only for a moment, we are entirely hidden with Christ in God. When we stand and walk, we move at the impulse 
of his unseen love. When we speak, the words flow out of a hidden core of love. Even the stinking odor of our own arrogance is absorbed by the sweet aroma of Christ in us. When we touch someone, our hands are conduits of the balm of holiness flowing from the purity of our Christ-enlightened hearts. As we walk out of the water and up the bank of the Jordan, Jesus has his arm around us. We are smiling so broadly that our face hurts. We now know who we really are. Quietly, our heart repeats the secret. I am washed. I am sanctified. I shine with the light of Christ. I am the Father's delight. I am the Beloved. 